Prologue, The Unseen On the day of the christening, mere moments after the thirteenth fairy arrived uninvited and unannounced, an ill-omened, quiet-filled room. Quiet filled the room. The crowd was hushed and waiting, all eyes on King Vladimir, Queen Olga, and the, carry, and the fairy Carabosse. The tales told of this day speak of an evil spirit, of a vengeful fairy bent on revenge for her exclusion. The tales told of this day are untrue. Carabosse cradled her niece, the one and only Princess Eliana, petting the child's precious head. She took one of Eliana's fingers in her own, admiring her beauty, and the babe wrapped, in, wrapped her little finger around her aunt's. The tales told of this day say that Carabosse cursed the child, that she proclaimed that the child would grow to be sixteen, only to prick her finger on a needle and sleep for a hundred years. The tales told of this day are untrue. Carabosse held her niece, her sweet niece, leaned down and breathed in the soft baby hair, the sweet baby down. Her sisters had already given the child their blessings. A thousand and one blessings I bring to the child, said her aunt, the storyteller. I wish you a party to end all parties, said another. It was her turn. What blessing would she give? Beauty, health, riches? The princess had all of those already. My darling child, I bless you. She was about to murmur a spell, one that would bring happiness to the little princess for all her days when she had a vision, a vision she could not unsee, a terrible vision of a terrifying future. The vision faded, and Carabosse stared down at her niece in her arms. How long had she stood there watching this dark future unfold? If only there was some way she could protect her niece from the impending doom and oversee her safety for all eternity. There was so little time, so little time to change things, but time was all she had. Up on the throne, Queen Olga watched with growing irritation, impatience plain on her beautiful face. She was about to rise in fury, but King Vladimir held his arm out to stop her. She remained seated, however, she would not bite her she would not bite her tongue, not even if the king ordered her to. Give me back my child, Queen Olga demanded imperiously. Now No, not until I've cursed her, cried the fairy Carabosse. Not until I've cursed you all. The court reeled and gasped. The evil fairy cursing the princess, cursing the kingdom, because Carabosse knew she only had one gift left to give, one final blessing to bestow on the child, one last chance to save her beloved sister's baby, and her gift was both a blessing and a curse. Part 2. Wherein, the author of the books is revealed, the Battle of Vineland commences, the mark of Carabosse is discovered. Chapter 12, Jack's Journey. Come on, let's go, says Jack, starting purposefully down the hill and away from the tree that disgorged them, which is not unlike the one back in, what did Philomena call it? The Hollywood Hills? Where are we going? asks Philomena. Vineland, where I'm from, he tells her. It's east of Westphalia and south of Lancashire. Bit of a trek, but if we go now, we should make it before sunset. Alastair suddenly looks nervous, and Jack wishes he wouldn't do that. He doesn't want to scare Philomena, who seems so captivated by everything just yet. But Philomena, Jack is beginning to notice, is nothing if not observant. What happens after sunset, she asks. The ogres, begins Alastair. 
Jack gives Alistair a sharp look, and Alistair's voice trails off into silence. What do the ogres do? Philomena wants to know. Nothing, nothing, says Alistair. We'll be safe before sunset, so there's nothing to worry about. Right, says Jack grimly. Come on. Philomena looks as if she wants to ask more questions, but seems to understand the imperative of getting where they need to be before it gets too dark. Maybe she's familiar with Never After's foul monsters and assorted villains from those books of hers. Jack wonders about that book again. From what he saw of it, it had to have been written by someone from Never After. But how did it get to the mortal world? And what does it mean that the last of the series was never written? He's not sure. But he hopes Sarah will be able to figure it out, which is why he's taking Philomena to her. To Jack's relief, Alistair and Philomena are hurrying as fast as they can uh, as fast as they can as they follow him down the marked path. On the way, he greets and nods to various friends and acquaintances, all the while making it clear he doesn't have time for a, con for a conversation. Little Miss Muffet looking cross, Thumbelina and her flower prince riding on the back of a swallow, a farmer leading a cow who asks Jack if he still has those magic beans, duh, no, and several cut-rate genies offering wishes at a discount. One wish, just one wish, wheedles a purple genie floating by their side. One free wish, just for you. I might throw in another one or two. You know what you want to. You know you want to. What's your wish? What's your wish? Your wish is my command. No, thank you, says Jack, ushering his group away before any of them can fall into temptation. Alistair looks at Jack pleadingly, but Jack shakes his head. No. When they're safely away from the peddling genies, Jack exhales. There seem to be genies everywhere. What makes Aladdin so special? asks Philomena. Aladdin's genie lived in the lamp for thousands upon thousands of years and is the oldest and most powerful genie of all, in all of Never After. These guys are babies compared to him. If Aladdin's genie could grant you a kingdom, the most these guys can give you is a privy. Don't you have to open their bottles first before they grant your wishes? says Philomena. Not always. Sometimes they're just bored or mischievous. Or, yeah, mischievous. Jack explains. Wishes can cause havoc, even small ones. In the books, the rules are super clear, says Philomena. But real life is different from books, isn't it? Says Jack. You have a point, she concedes. For a moment, Philomena seems to have forgotten her great desire to return before school is over, and Jack is grateful. But no, when they're almost halfway there, she begins to fret. Wait, where are we going? Why am I going with you? I need to get back, she says. Not yet. You haven't met Zara, Jack says. After you meet with her, I... I'll take you back to the portal, promise. But you need to meet with her first. Zara, says Philomena. You mean Scheherazade? You know her too? asks Alistair, delighted. Jack is glad that he doesn't have to explain who Scheherazade is. And Philomena seems to be more than knowledgeable about her She, as she begins to recite a poem. Thirteen fairies were born to the fairy king and queen. Esmeralda, Antonia, Isabella, Philip, Philippa, Yvette, and Claudine. Josepha, Amelia, Colette, and Sabine. Beautiful Rosanna, who married the king. Clever Scheherazade, who spun a thousand and one dreams. And uninvited Carabosse, who was the 13th. Alistair Coos. Ooh, I like it. Even Jack had to smile. Don't tell me. It's from the books, isn't it? Yep, it's in the front of each one. Philomena nods, then looks concerned. Wait, there doesn't live in the kingdom of Parsa. At the end of book three, when she visits her, when she finishes her tales, the sultan marries her. What's she doing in Vineland? Jack's brow furrows. 
Zara fled into exile. The ogres have been marching across never after, taking kingdom after kingdom. One by one they fall, forced into surrender and submission. Zara took refuge in Vineland after they invaded Parsa. Philomena turns pale. When we left, the capital was crawling with ogres intent on finding Aladdin's lamp, Jack says, his voice trembling a bit. There are only a handful of free kingdoms left. Eastphalia, Vineland, the Deep, to name a few, since the surviving fairy tribes went into hiding. How many kingdoms are still free, she asks. No one knows. Zara's been trying to get in touch with all of them, but it's been difficult. Olga has spies everywhere. Oh my, is that Westphalia? Asks Philomena, pointing to the faraway kingdom surrounded by a thorny wall of vines that reach as high as the castle towers. The entire kingdom is cut off, covered by bramble and bristle. What happened? Doesn't it say in those books of yours? Asks Jack. Philomena shakes her head. She tells him what she knows, what was written, that the evil fairy Caribou say cursed the baby princess and wreaked havoc on the kingdom, but that's where the tale ends. Oh, she's heard the usual stories about the spindle and the curse of sleeping death and all that, but Philomena reads the Never After books to learn the real stories. What happened to Princess Eliana? What happened to the evil fairy Carabosse? What, hap what really happened in Westphalia? She waited a year to find out what happens next, and instead the book wasn't published. Westphalia fell on the day of the princess's christening thousands of years ago. It was the beginning of the end, Jack tells her. The princess was supposed to bring peace and hope to the kingdom. Instead, it all went bad after Carabosse delivered her curse. Some say she turned the queen into a monster, but others say Olga was an ogre all along. No one knows the truth, and no one's seen or heard of King Vladimir since, much less the babe. Everyone blames Carabosse. They say this is exactly what she wanted to happen, and that she was probably working with the ogres all along, Jack says bitterly. That's it? Philomena asks. That's it, says Jack. Ever since the christening, Queen Olga has been obsessed with finding the princess. She's tried the Ring of Infinity and the Magic Mirror to find her. Why does she want the princess so badly? There's some sort of prophecy around the princess's return that she'll bring death to the ogres, says Jack. No sign of her anywhere, though, says Alistair. Prophecy schmoppers schmoppacy. It's been forever. The princess is gone. Anyway, now Olga's fixated on the lamp. We tried to stop her from getting it, and the ogres chased us right off the cliff, says Jack. Wait, before you came into my world, you fell off a cliff, she asks. That's the exact same scenario as the end of book 12. Jack nods. I told you, we were running away and stumbled into your world. Philomena is so shocked she can't speak. I'm in the book. I am in the 13th book. This is the story. It's being written before her eyes. But what happens now? Jack Stalker is supposed to rescue the princess and set things to rights so that everyone lives happily in Never After. But will he? Jack looks up at the darkening sky. Come on, we should hurry.